Welcome to Facing Vert, both on trails and in life. I'm your host, Tara Jordan, and today I have with me Beth Hicks. Now, Beth, I have known for many years, but she just completed something I'm not very familiar with, and it's a a half Ironman or Ironman 70.3. Do I have that right? Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to dive into that because it is a world I'm not familiar with in terms of I don't like to, to bike. Uh, I did. I used to swim a lot, and I loved the swimming part. part and I've done a, I guess you call it duathlon, where it mm-hmm. was a um, swim and then a run. But you just don't find those very much. It's usually a bike and a run. And so I, I never do those, and <laughs> because I'm scared of the bike. So I'm so curious to hear how you got into that. But first of all, just tell the those that are listening who you are I know you're a twin I want to hear mm-hmm. about um, just your where you came from and um, I know your mom so I just love to hear more about you as a person so okay that's, um, a, that's a very large question yes. there, so <laughs> very broad <laughs> so just dive in <laughs> okay um, as you said I am a twin yep I'm actually one of four and oh. um, we grew up in okay. Florida. And we moved up here when I was 17. I'm now 42. So I've been up here, what is math? Um, what, 20, oh, don't going ask on me 25 math. years now? A while. <laughs> years. Yeah, so I've been, actually been here longer than there. But we grew up, um, three of my siblings, or three of us total, my brother, my twin, and myself grew up playing soccer. Um, and that's kind of how I got started in athletics or in the fitness realm, so to speak. Um, I am married, and my husband also grew up playing soccer. It was also his big sport, so we had that in common. We actually played together a little bit. Um, I think there was a group of us at Biltmore Singles who mm-hmm. put together an indoor soccer team, which was oh. fun because that's a lot more like fast-paced right. and quick versus an outdoor field. I didn't realize so. that you did that. We did, yeah. But there was while. an indoor it was soccer. Fun. Okay. <laughs> Well, when I did it, it was the Pepsi Indoor Center, and then that closed, and that's because that's now the Asheville Racquet Club, and then it moved over to Swannanoa somewhere okay. out there. And what, what position did you play in soccer? I was left forward. So, okay, so you, mm-hmm. you scored the goals. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least you tried to score the yes. goals. That's what I, I was a left forward, too. So, yeah. And I'm not good on my left foot, which is kind of hilarious that I played left forward because I kick with my right foot. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, you obviously... That's are, actually why they put me on the left side, because I had a dominant left foot, that, even though I'm right-handed. That's so. unusual. <laughs> so yeah. you, you did very well at that then. <laughs> yeah. So I, and so Zach played soccer. He did, yeah. He grew up playing soccer competitively, too. And so. how'd the two of you all meet? At Biltmore. At Biltmore Baptist, it was a singles program there called Singles at the Well at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, your husband, Jonathan, was the worship leader there for that's us. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's actually where we met. He okay. was coaching upward soccer with my now brother-in-law, and then I was coaching, and so was my sister. We were all coaching different teams. And now, your did your sister play sports too? She did. Yep, she grew up playing soccer. Oh, with you me. said that mm-hmm. that she played soccer. Yep. Okay. She did all, all the way through high school, and then she actually was accepted to walk on to Mars Hill. They accepted her, but then she went a different path. She went going to University of South Carolina. Okay. And where did you go to school? I went to UNCA. Okay. And what did you major in? Psychology. Psychology. Mm-hmm. And right now you're working <clears throat> with your husband, correct? I am. Yeah, we own um, Dynamic Development, Inc. We do a lot of commercial 
um, construction, still buildings, upfits on medical buildings, things like that. And you have two children? We have two boys, two beautiful boys, Colton, who's 13, Canyon, who's 10, and they are pure joy, pure energy, pure boy. And do they play soccer? They did. Colton played soccer. They both played soccer for a little bit. Colton was playing all the way up through COVID, and then when that stopped, he didn't really want to go back. Mm -hmm. He um, did jujitsu. They both do jujitsu, and now Canyon has started playing baseball, and he loves baseball. So he's that's his niche right now mm-hmm. is baseball. Yeah, he yeah. he'd rather do baseball and nothing else. But we're having him stick with jujitsu. Feel it's like a life skill. He could use that from ever. That's so true. Colton. All he wants to do is jujitsu. Like jujitsu is life. He doesn't want to do anything else. And I'm like, you know what? That's okay. <laughs> now, how did you choose that for them? I mean, did they? We did actually they... went to a friend of ours who was in our life group at the time. We went and watched him um, do a competition a jiu-jitsu competition. And when the boys saw it, they're like, oh, this is so cool. It's like wrestling. (laughs) We want to do it. Yeah. And they had a kid's class available at the location where the competition was going on. And it was right down the road from our house at the time. We're like, okay, well, let's try it. And Colton fell in love with it immediately. And so Kenya was always there watching Big Brother. He wasn't old enough to do it yet. Um, but he was always there watching him. And so Amanda, the owner, was like, well, you know, we'll let him. He's old enough. He's close enough to the cusp where we can let him do it. And so they just started doing it, and they do it all over. That is <laughs> really – and the there's house, competition. They is there – there are they competitions do. They do they competitions. They, the majority that they've done are called Fuji competitions. Okay. But they've done a couple others. Okay, Fuji competitions. Mm-hmm. Got it. And that's a lot. It's, like, it's a day-long Almost a day long thing. They do. They start with the kids so that the kids don't have to wait all day till the adults are done. So they start with the oh, kids nice. for the attention span. Uh-huh. Yep, I agree. <laughs> but they, I mean, their nerves still get to them. You can see them. It's written all over their face. Like they're shaking. They're jumping up and down. Like they're just they're anticipating this next match. And it's just well, like, that's oh. what competition will do to mm-hmm. you. So, yep. and speaking of competition, I mean, you have obviously are very competitive, and you have. Uh, started running and swimming and biking. How did you get into that world? Um, were you a runner first or? Very odd. Okay. Actually, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I have been a, well, I say runner, but I ran basically for soccer. Outside yes, of that, I didn't really run. I didn't run actually my first 5K until I want to say two, three months after I had my oldest. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister was having a fundraiser for a mission trip that she was doing. And I was like, okay. I went and started that. I had never done a 5K before. And I was like, okay. I mean, I was just used to up and down the soccer field. You know, you'd run, stop, run, stop. I was like, so this, I have to run three miles straight. Oh, okay. I just had a child. Like, all right, bring it on. Let's do it. You know, it's for a good cause. So I did it. And on my way there, it started snowing. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm going to have to run. And it's so cold. And I was not used to it. I get there and there are people in shorts and I'm like, what? You're like fully covered. <laughs> I'm like fully covered head to toe, like freezing. And they're like, no, once you get going, you warm it's up. True. And I'm like, okay, sure. And, and how was me, that experience? It was good, but it took me over 30 minutes to get it done. Well, I mean. It took me like 32, 33 minutes. That's still great. <laughs> I, I mean, like, you've never run before. Not you like know? that. Not like no. that. I mean, no. soccer running is so different from mm-hmm. From I guess you'd say longer runs. Yeah, for duration. Oh yeah. my gosh! I mean, I I went out and the kids wanted to play like a little soccer match. Um, I don't know, probably a couple months ago, 
and I about died. Like I can go and run for a long time, but I cannot handle, you know, this thirty-minute soccer match because you're just—it's the—it—it's just a different type of running. And mm-hmm. I was worn out and sore, so sore that oh, yeah. I'm like, "What is wrong with me?" But anyway, so after the five k, then what? Um, then my brother introduced me to CrossFit. Ah. Um. Well, I guess that was shortly before. That's right. I had that backwards. Okay. So it was actually when I was first pregnant with Colton. I didn't even realize I was pregnant at the time with our first. My brother was like, why don't you come do CrossFit? And I was like, okay, I'll try it out. It was relatively new in this area. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'll do it. That was back in 2010, no, 2009, 2009. Um, So I started, I did like three weeks with him, but I was sick to my stomach. Uh, I could not, I could not complete a workout without thinking I was going to vomit everywhere. So you probably thought it was because of the workout. Right. I was so dizzy and I was like, I, I'm, I'm pretty competitive. Like I I don't understand. I'm pretty fit. Why, why can I not do this? This Mm -hmm. is like, this is, it's killing me. It's taking me out. And then, um, we went on a camping trip, like right after that three week period of doing CrossFit. And I told my husband, I was like, I think I'm pregnant. You do. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant. I just had that feeling. Mm-hmm. Came back and took a test, and sure enough, I was. So I went and saw my doctor, and she's like, okay, well, what are you doing um, active-wise? And I was like, well, I just started this thing called CrossFit. And she's like, honey, no. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> she's like, if your body is not acclimated to mm-hmm. it and used to it for a good duration of time, you can't just up and start that type of physical fitness right. in a new pregnancy. And so I walked away from CrossFit at that point. But after I had Colton, when I did that first um, 5K, um, I was like, okay, I want, I want to get active again. I really want to move my body again. And my sister-in-law at the time was a CrossFit coach, and she's like, I want you to start working out with me. Mm-hmm. And so she took me to this hit gym at the time called Metabolic and got me hooked on that. And she's like, you're doing really great. Why don't you come try CrossFit with me? Now, what's a hit gym? Um, high interval intensity or high intensity interval training. Okay. And um, so she had me doing that for a while, and I fell in love with it. And then I really looked up to her and my brother at the time. They were both CrossFit instructors, both like lead a, led a really healthy lifestyle. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I think I can do that. I watched her do some of it. She, I mean, she did her first comp or one of her first competitions after pregnancy. I think she was, I want to say, like two months after pregnancy, maybe wow, three months after pregnancy. Um, well, that was her first competition back after uh-huh. pregnancy, and she podiumed. Wow. It was just, I was like, okay, whatever you're doing is working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Women are awesome. I was like, I, w- <laughs> I want to try what you're doing. So she um, she and my brother helped inspire me to do the CrossFit um, side of it, and I did that for several years, and I loved it because it was a community, and I had missed from my soccer days being mm-hmm. a part of a team and a community where people just encourage one another and were just rallied around you and like cheering you on. Um, and it was actually a friend of mine in CrossFit who was like, oh, they told me about this like little triathlon, triathlon sprint. They're like, oh, you should do it. It'll be fun. And I was like, oh, that's short enough. I, I think I can do that. But I don't know about this one. She's like, it's down a lazy river. I was like, oh. It's down okay. a lazy river? It's, literally, it was down a lazy river. So <laughs> it's at like this community pool. And their pool is like this lazy river. It's like a short little track. I don't want to say like maybe 300 meters. But you can do it. Around. I was like. Oh, I think I can do that. Yeah. So what are the distances for a sprint triathlon? Um, are they, do they vary? I may get this wrong. So okay. that you have a sprint, an Olympic, 
a half Ironman distance, and then you have the full, full Ironman Iron distance. Man. Mm-hmm. And the sprint being the shortest, I want to say the swim can range depending on the sprint, mm-hmm. but it's usually no more than, I want to say, like 1,000 meters. Okay. 1,500 maybe. And then the, the um, bike... And then the bike is about 12 miles or so. And then your run, you finish with a, a 5K, a so 5K. three miles. Okay. Yeah. That's your that's your shortest one. And now, were, had you biked before you found out about this triathlon or? Road biking? No. Okay. No, that biking. was, I mean, I had a road bike. I want, I mean, I told my uncle that I was wanting to do this because he's a big road biker and he graciously gave me an old road bike. Nice. And so I had, I had an actual road bike to use. And I went, and I didn't know what to expect. I had never done a tr- what's called transition before between your um, your the swim and the bike and the bike to the run. And so I was like, oh, I don't know. So I you know got online, and I looked it up, but I had never done it before. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's all well and good, but until I experience it, you know. So I had nerves about that, but yeah, it went really smooth. That's kind of how I started my triathlon was doing this lazy, crazy try, which. You know, you're swimming down a lazy river, so it's helping push you along. Right. So it's not your like, typical. I'm swimming so fast. <laughs> yeah, it's a. I mean, it was a lot of fun, but it was. It's not your typical. But that once I did that, I was like, oh, triathlons are fun. And, you know, and I wound up placing third in my age group. Awesome. Which was not expected because I was. I had a plantar fasciitis flare up oh, a couple of days beforehand, and I actually had to walk a little bit on the 5K. I was, it hurt so bad; it was excruciating, and. um I wound up, and my friend was like, you podiumed. I was like, what? And I mean, you were injured. <laughs> yeah, I had just met her at the restaurant after the the race, and she's like, I think you need to go back because they don't mail out the awards. You need to you need to go back there and get your award. And so I quickly left the restaurant. I went back to the, the um, place where we had the event, and sure enough, they were packing up, but they still had my award and handed it to me. And the guy was like, here, get up on this box. I want to take your picture for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I totally missed the pictures. <clears throat> But you didn't expect that, so why would you have stayed around? I I totally, I mean, I had no clue. This is the first triathlon I had ever done. I was Mm -hmm. like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. And then uh, did it again last summer and got second in my age group. The same one? The same, yeah, the same little triathlon sprint and got second in my age group, which was shocking to me because I had tendonitis flare up in my right foot beforehand. Oh, goodness gracious. (laughs) So have you had a lot of foot problems before? Only the past couple years has this started. Okay. And I think it's just because I'm upping my running. Right. I had, I mean, I had to go see the same girl who had me go do the triathlon sprint with her. A good friend of mine, she had me see a running coach, um, which changed up my gait. I had to use a metronome. I had to download that and listen it into my earphones while I ran to make sure I was staying on beach, shorten my gait now, because I was taking too long with strides and I was crossing over the middle. Oh, and do so, you see a difference now that you've tried to big change? Difference. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pain. A lot of the pain is gone. I had a lot of hip and knee pain, and that essentially took that away. Wow. Okay. So, so, so once you did that second one, then did you then say, okay, I want to try something longer? It, well, I thought that was fun, and I would be good with that. And now, like, after I podiumed second place, got a little bit better the second time, I was like, I'm going to go until I keep see how far I can push it. So I was actually supposed to go, which is tomorrow, the next year. Um, it, but I have a stress fracture in my foot from the Ironman actually. So I can't run for the next, but I was, my goal for tomorrow was that I was going to get first place in my age group, if not third overall woman. That was like my goal. Well, we'll just say that you would have. Yeah. (laughs) 
But um, it actually, no, it was, we went and saw a mutual friend, I think, you know, Jeff Pennypacker. Yes. We went and stayed with he and his wife last summer because we were his support for his Ironman Chattanooga, the 70.3. That was the first one that he had done. And so we were like, we'll come over and we'll be your support. And I was joking with my husband and with Jeff. I told him, I was like, you know, I always thought those people who had the Iron Man sticker on the back of their car were next level crazy. Mm-hmm. And there was no way I would do something like that. <laughs> and then I get there race weekend and I get bit by the bug hard. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe I do want to do this. It's like I when you're know. in that Oops, environment yeah. and you see those people crossing the finish line yeah. and doing mm-hmm. these crazy things. It just right. makes you want to do it for some weird reason. I, but. I know. I was like. Am I really going to do this? I don't know. And Jeff's like, you're going to do it with me next year. We're going to do it. This is going to be great. You know, we'll do it again together next year. And I was like, okay, okay, maybe. And then I thought about it and thought about it. And I told Zach, I was like, I do want to do that. As crazy as it sounds, I want to do that. And um, I actually found a coach um, in Kingsport, Tennessee, who actually happens to be really good friends with the girl who had me do the triathlon sprint in Kingsport. And she's like, oh, you need to talk to my friend Carissa. And I was like, it's an unusual name. So I was like, wait a second. What is her last name? And she said Chambers. I was like, I just looked her up on the Ironman website. She's the closest coach to town. She's the girl I'm going to reach out to to help be my coach. And she's like, you totally should. I've known her for a long time. She's going to be at She was actually at the the Lazy Crazy Try that we did. Yeah. So Lori had introduced us. It was great. And so, so you contacted her. I contacted and her. She and she became got your coach? A, yep. She was my coach. Still is. Um, I'm taking a sabbatical right now. Obviously, I can't run. Right. So but, tell me yeah. about your training. That started in, it was supposed to start, I should say, in January. And I was ha- I had a flare up with um, a tendon in my knee where I didn't tear my patella tendon, but I stretched it to the point like there were... It was close. Yeah, it was. Mm. It was kind of an issue, but it wasn't. It was do. It was manageable. Mm-hmm. My PT got on it right away. We were able to work through it, take away the knee pain. So the training got pushed back to February, and um, so we started on a program in February, and it was, I want to say, Monday to Wednesday was an off day. Yeah, that was my only off day. Wednesdays. So I had something programmed every single day except for Wednesday. I was moving. Is it so? Tell me what that looks like because you've got three different sports <laughs> that you're doing. I, yes. So, do you do all three of those every single day? Or Not every single day. No, they were mixed up. So, we had to actually work around the swim schedule, was probably the most difficult thing to work around because I swam at the Buncombe County Schools um, Aquatic Center and mm-hmm. they're only open Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And you can only swim either from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Or 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So you only had two slime time slots three days a week. So you had to work around that. And I wound up working swimming at the 11 o'clock time slot. I'd go mm-hmm. there a couple of times at the 6 a.m., but the chlorine might be too high, so the pool was shut down. I was like, I don't want to wake up at 4.30 in the morning no. to get here. Right, and <laughs> not be able to swim. I can't swim. So I did that a couple of times, but then after a while, I wound up switching to the 11 o'clock time. But my daily routine looked like Monday, I had the gym. So that was typically about 5.30, 5.45 in the morning. I had gym time for about 45. I had to log about 45 minutes, and she gave me a workout program to follow, and it took me anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour. And then um, Monday afternoon, I had swim from 11 to 12.30-ish. Mm-hmm. About. It took me anywhere from 45 minutes of actual swim time 
um, anywhere from like 35 to 45 actual swim times. So it was, I was there about an hour and a half in the pool. Okay. Because you have stops, breaks, whatever, rests. Right. And then Tuesday, it was a bike. I had to get on the bike trainer. I guess I did through this through winter. So most of the stuff was done on, on the bike trainer, trainer in, mm-hmm. in the house. And she would tell you what distances to go she, for the day. She uploaded everything for me. So the week in advance, I knew all of my workouts. I knew how, how far I had to swim, how far I had to bike, how far I had to run. And did it increase um, as the weeks went on? Did you have down it did. weeks? I um I tapered just before the race, but okay. everything was a gradual increase mm-hmm. up until that time. And then you're running, so we skipped your running. So I just interrupted you, but you did you biked on the trainer and then when we're And then I'd have what is called a brick run. So when your legs feel like a brick right after the bike, you get out and immediately go oh, run. Smart. Okay. So fatigue your sense. legs on the bike and then go run because that's what you're gonna do in the race. Right. So Tuesday was um a not too long of a bike, about an hour and a half or so on the bike, and then followed by like two and a half to three miles a run. Mm-hmm. Wednesday off day, Thursday get back up. You're going to do um, another same duration, if not longer, on the bike, and then about anywhere from three and a half to five mile run following the bike. Friday was yoga. That was nice. And then <laughs> what did you do Friday? Oh, another swim. I had another swim on Friday. Saturday was my longest bike. Saturday I had to bike anywhere from two and a half hours to close to four hours. Wow. And then, but I had a really short run right after that because I worked so hard on the bike. So it was like a refresh, like a reward. <laughs> like I don't have to run Just so a far. short little run. Mm-hmm. So I only ran like maybe two miles, mm-hmm. two and a half miles most. And then Sunday was my long one. So I'd Sunday morning before church, that would be the, like I'd go to the gym um, to get the treadmill in. And it was like, Anywhere from six miles to thirteen miles, depending and you would do on that the day. On a treadmill. Mm-hmm. Sometimes oh. I was able. If the weather was nice enough, I would get outside and do it. But a lot of the times, that early in the morning or just right. by myself, safety wise. Mm-hmm. Right. I have two girls that I do run with, Lori and Teresa. Mm-hmm. And when our schedules mesh up, then we can go for a run together. And we're usually wearing headlamps. But if it's going to be early morning and they can't make it, right. then. I was on my own, and I felt safer doing it on a treadmill sure, than, than running outside early Yeah, mornings. in the dark. Mm-hmm. Right. In the so dark. what do you do for entertainment on a treadmill? I mean, do you – or even on the bike. Do you watch anything? Do you listen the to The good things? thing – yeah, the cool thing on the bike is that she put all of my training programs on a program called Zwift. Mm-hmm. So I'd get online mm-hmm. – and it was great because, especially on Saturdays, when we're doing what we call a group ride, even though it's virtual, I can see all of my teammates on there with me. We're all doing the same course, and we're all chatting back and forth on on the Zwift companion app. Mm-hmm. So you can joke with each other, tease each other, you know, encourage one another, just so it's to make entertaining, it. Yes, at least. it's so it makes it so much better, so much better than when you're on the bike doing it for yourself or by yourself right. for three hours. I mean, no. even on Zwift, even if I'm doing it by myself, just like a solo ride, I can still they have a course in front of me, so it looks and I, I strategically put my bike right in front of my massive TV. And, and then the, I just... You feel uh, like you're somewhere else. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's like, okay, I'm on this. You know, so I'm like leaning on my bike too while I'm riding it just to get the feel of it. Right. <laughs> it made the time go by a lot faster, a lot faster. And what about on the treadmill? 
the treadmill, I actually put on my favorite music and I blare it as loud as I could so it would drown out any kind of negative thought that I had because <laughs> I, have a, <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with running as it is, but then wow. running on a treadmill on top of it. Mm-hmm. Is miserable. It is. I mean, it's great mental training. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you think about it, because I can't stand the treadmill. It's I really can't go beyond about five or six miles on a treadmill without going crazy. So the fact that you were able to do up to thirteen miles on a treadmill is commendable. I must yeah. say because I I could I just can't I can't do it. So I'd rather freeze my butt off and <laughs> go outside or, yeah. you know, just because I, I don't know what it is about a treadmill, but mm-hmm. I just, I can't. I, I do watch things. If, if I'm on a treadmill, I'll, I'll pull out my phone and, and try to watch a show bouncing up and down. But yeah. just something, I have to have some sort of entertainment because yeah. I don't even think I could deal with just music because it would be just music. But um, So tell me the distances in this half Ironman. How long do you swim? How long do you bike and how long do you run? This the swim itself on this one was just a little bit over. A typical half Ironman is 1.2 miles. This one is 1.4. Oh, but so you're even going longer. you're going with the current. Okay. So they're like really the current's not unless you get over exactly right next to the buoys. Right. Really there's no current that you're swimming in. But <laughs> so it's not very helpful. Right. It doesn't really help unless you're right next to the buoy in the middle of the river. But it is nice that you're not having to swim against current. Sure. So the, the, this swim was 1.4 miles. The bike was 56. It's actually 56.6 miles, so just shy of 57. And then the run is thir- the 13.1, 13. okay. mm-hmm, the half marathon. And this was in Chattanooga? Chattanooga, Tennessee, yeah. And it's in the river? It's in the river, which is nice. And I was used to open water swimming, even though I did most of my training in the pool. Mm-hmm. The summer before, we'd go up to the lake all the time, and I trained You'd in swim. the lake. Smart. So I was... I was used to that. At least I thought I was ready for it. <laughs> so training went well. Mm-hmm. And you did you stay injury free through that I did. whole time? Okay. Yeah. My but, anterior tibs give me quite a fit, depending on which brick run I did, if my legs were super fatigued on the bike. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they would act up and not want to cooperate for my run. And I found that really annoying. Right. <laughs> Makes it a little bit more difficult. <laughs> it definitely made it a little more difficult. But I was like, okay, just one more thing you got to work through, I guess. <laughs> and what about your, because I, again, I don't understand this world and I do ultras. And so we wear a pack and that's where I have my water and my nutrition. And I mean, you can't have that on your swim or, um, I mean, you can on the bike, you can have right. some things tucked into your bib and, mm-hmm. um, you know, your water bottles. But is there any sort of nutrition that you take during a swim at all? Or is it not during strict- the swim? Okay, so you strictly, mm-hmm. no yep. water, no nothing, you just go. Right. Okay. I mean. I guess it would be impossible. It, I'd to- say it is 1.2 to 1.4 miles, but that actually goes by a lot faster than you think oh, it gosh. will. <laughs> it sounds like, like forever to me. It it was. It did seem forever. I had slight panic attack in the water, so there was a time where it did seem like forever. But it does go by quick enough that you don't need the nutrition. Okay. You're not actually thinking about the nutrition yet at that point because I actually had nutrition before I got into the water. Right. So I had protein, caffeine, all the stuff right before I got in the water. So my body didn't need, need it, it yet. And then did you – what do you carry on your bike? On my bike, I had what's called a bento box. And yes. in the bento box, and even on, I had like this little like mesh 
carry-all type thing between my arrow bars. Mm-hmm. And I stuck gels and, um, like, jelly beans and stuff. Jelly I actually, like, okay. yeah, what do you like? This sport, I think it's called, they're by Jelly Belly. Okay, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't think of. And those jelly beans are the best. <laughs> I will take those over the gels any day, mm-hmm. except for Jeff, um, the, what are the, the goos? Yes. I hate the goose. They are nasty. But the day before the race, Jeff was like, no, 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 no. I have a chocolate one. Here, try this chocolate one. It was amazing. So now if I go, <laughs> like, I'm now a chocolate. I was like, okay, if I'm going to do a goo, it has to be chocolate. chocolate. But that was the best tasting one. It was like, it was actually enjoyable or joyful when I was on the bike. I was like, this is really you good. You looked forward really to like, that. Yes, it was like the chocolate. Yes, the best so one. So jelly beans and your your goo chocolate. And mm-hmm. what what else? Anything else? That Peanut you like? butter and jelly sandwiches. Okay. So a good friend of mine was like, you need to have real food mm-hmm. on the bike. Don't just take supp- Don't take your goo. Don't just, not just the goos. Have some real food with you. Right. And I was like, what could I take with me? So I went to the store and I bought a pack of those Uncrustables. Yes. And I'm like, great. It's got jelly for my sugar. It's got the bread for my carbs. It's got the peanut, peanut butter, butter for my fat and protein. That's right. <laughs> like, this is like the perfect combo here. Mm-hmm. So I actually took a lot of those um, Uncrustable sandwiches and just cut them up. And that's what I would eat. I mean, I had a whole one for when I started my run. I'm running with my water bottle in one hand and my Uncrustable. And some guy looked over. He's like, are you eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? (laughs) Why, yes, I am. I am. Thanks. It's great. (laughs) And do you, when you're training, are Mm -hmm. you practicing using these things when you're running and and biking? Yes. My coach was like, it's imperative that you get your body used to taking in so Mm -hmm. many carbohydrates per hour of training. And I was like, oh, that shouldn't be too bad. And so I got all the all the things. I was used to I used to do Spartan races. So mm-hmm. I had these um, like waffle cookies that I used to eat in Spartan cookie or Spartan races. <laughs> Spartan cookies. Spartan cookies. <laughs> um and I so I started eating those and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm used to those. But the first time I ever tried to get as many carbohydrates as she told me to get per hour, I was like, Okay, this is actually gonna be a little more difficult than I thought. Mm, That's a hard. lot of mm-hmm. carbs to take in in one hour's time. So I had to get my body acclimated, used to that, and so I started looking at all the all the different items that I was eating between the goose or the jelly beans or the waffle cookies. I'm like, okay, how many carbohydrates does this one have? How many carbohydrates does this one have? So I'm like, okay, I know every hour I need to have two of these and one of this combo, or mm-hmm. vice versa if I switched up the combo. So, and do you have any sort of um, electrolyte drink, or, or is it just water that you? No, drink? definitely electrolyte drink. Um, I was used to like the noon tablets, mm-hmm. but I switched it up. She said, "On course, you're going to have this Gatorade powder." So I would train with this because this oh, is because what that's you're going to get. Out. This, yeah, she's like, "This ah, is what you're going to get on smart. course." Why don't you start training? I know you're used to this. Why don't you train with this, though? Because this is what they're going to have. So I switched up, and I bought the Gatorade powder, and I started training with that. And I actually really like it. Mm-hmm. I think it does just the same. It works right. just as well. So I started using that for my drink. Um, what else? Oh, she also had me start taking creatine. Hmm. I wasn't taking creatine before. And she's like, you're going to really be- benefit from creatine. So I right. did creatine, the electrolytes, and then the certain carbs. Those, car- those carbs. And that that was basically my nutrition. When I ran, I ran with like just a Nathan hand water bottle. That was what I was used to. Um, so, so you just stuck with that. And then you would put gels that. and things in the little pocket. In the little pocket or okay. in my shirt. So yeah. another thing I'm super curious about is what you wear. Because I do not understand how you can wear the same thing <laughs> for <laughs> all three events. And yeah. so 
walk me through that since I don't understand, um, because I know that there's got to be some that are listening that don't understand that either. So you start out with a swim. So what are you wearing for that swim? I'm wearing my kit. It's called a kit. It's the outfit that you'll wear. That, that's what most people wear. So you you'll just see keep it some on people. Whole, yep. Whole you'll see some people who will change or they'll wear running shorts and a tank top or whatever. But I decided to go with a kit. I actually ordered a kit. We got team team kits made. And a couple of us didn't get ours in time for the race. Mm. And I was actually panicking. I was like, I'm not going to have anything to wear. And my coach said, I have like four or five extra kits because hers didn't come in in time either. She's like, I'll mm. bring them. You can try them on. You can borrow one of mine. So I'm wearing the kit with my wetsuit over top of it for this swim. Oh. so and it was the- a brand new wetsuit. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> I want to hear all about this. So <laughs> the kit, is that any different than a kit you would wear on a normal um, bike race? Is it um, well, different? It's, it's it's slightly different because it's made for triathlon specific. So you have you have your bike kits, but then you also have like a triathlon kit. So it's made the insert is made a little bit different. It's made a little bit thinner, okay. so that you can swim and run with it with ease. So it's 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 Doesn't slightly feel too different. Bulky, I guess. Right, it's not bulky. You don't feel like you're walking around with them big diaper on <laughs> and then you put right that would that would be <laughs> strange especially to run in yes. i would think so th- you then you put on a wetsuit over that over top of over that top of that run. kit is it I mean, a, if it's swim. is it a full i wore wetsuit? a full you can so the pros actually have to wear a swim skin because this was a female pro race so they actually got just this the swim skin but anybody else if the water temperature reads a certain degree or lower then it's what's called wetsuit approved and so we were wetsuit approved, which means I could wear a full wetsuit if I want to. Um, I go with the sleeveless because I feel like I get a better range of motion in my shoulders and it's not nearly mm-hmm. as restrictive with the swim. So I had my kit on, I've got my full wetsuit on, and then my swim cap that they issue you and your goggles. And oh, they issue you that? They issue a swim cap, Yes. And do they have any sort of tracker on you? or I mean, You've got a tracker on your ankle. And you put it on before a swim, and that tracker does not come off until you cross the finish line. So it is on you the entire time. Because I always wonder about in these swims that I see, whether it's open water or in a river, um, how how do they keep people safe? Because how do they know if somebody goes under? Because there's so many people. There are a lot it of It freaks people. me out to watch, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the ocean, seeing these people go out. And like, how do they even know if someone disappears underwater? Yeah. Because there's... <laughs> All you see is arms and legs flailing. Mm-hmm. So does that concern you at all? Oh yes, it actually it does. Okay, it, yeah, it. Um, that's it, yeah. They have people on kayaks and paddle boards all along both sides of the swim course. So you have people there watching, Just watching every single constantly, and they have lots of volunteers on paddle boards and kayaks okay. watching. So they have lots of eyes there, ready to go in a moment's notice if something were to happen or any sign of distress, they can take you out or help you. Which is what happened to me. I was so fearful that somebody was going to take me out of the swim. Right, I would because I had a I had a panic attack. I was not concerned about the swim going into it at all. But I had a full-blown panic attack in the middle of the swim, like crisis mode. <laughs> you did. Okay. I did. So we're going to go back to that. Mm-hmm. But I want to finish with the – because I keep – I'm like ADD here, <laughs> just <laughs> jumping around. But for the – so after you're swimming, you take off that wet wetsuit. Yeah, they actually had wetsuit strippers there this race, which is wet amazing. Wetsuit stripper. <laughs> <laughs> 
that sounds kind of inappropriate. That does sound really funny. Once it came out, I was like, oh, that just came out of my mouth. So people were um, there to literally yes. strip you. Okay. <laughs> so they have an entire section of people, volunteers on okay. the side of the course that are really good at stripping off your wetsuit for you. That's their job. That is their job. So as soon as that you come out of the water, you go to a station. If you want right? to. You don't have to, you don't but if you to. want to. And I was thinking... The amount of time it's going to take me to get this off versus them. Right. So, yeah, as soon as I got out of the water, I just unhooked the top, pulled down the zipper, got it off of my shoulders down to my waist. You run to the sections. They're holding up their hands like, okay, I'm ready for you. You ready go to, to that you. person. They have you lay down on your back. They grab your suit, and they're just like, whoop. It's like almost like a snap. They snap it off so fast. Like, it is amazing I mean, how fast they do it. because those things, I would think, would be very difficult to get off. Oh, what, yeah. The wetsuits. It is. It's not that simple. And so then and you're in it. just your kit. Mm-hmm. Do you okay. and that that's obviously a full shirt. No, I mean it's so all one it's, piece. It's, uh, it is yes, it is all okay. one piece, and so it just zips up from the chest. Mm-hmm. And and then you're barefoot, right? Yes, and barefoot. how in the do you just slide into shoes, no socks? I mean, some people for, do. Some people do. Some people have their shoes actually clipped onto their bike, and they do. It's called a flying mount. So they just throw on their helmet, their sunglasses, their race bib. And then they run with their bike to the to the start of the bike course, and then like, jump on. they literally just jump on, put their feet in, and go. And what do you do? I do not do that. Okay, I'm not nearly <laughs> that coordinated. So I run. I heard a really good trick about your feet going into bike shoes and using baby powder. So like I'll run over to my section where I my I'm stationed, where my bike is all set up. And I just take a towel. I brought a towel with me. A mm-hmm. towel dry my feet real quick. I throw baby powder on tops and bottoms, and I slide my socks and shoes on. And then I walk so over. So you do put socks on. Mm-hmm. I put socks on because I'm going to use socks for my bike and for my run. That th- that to me makes more sense. I don't see how people bike with no socks on or run with I mean, yeah. I'm assuming they don't have socks on when they're running. Some people choose not to use socks even on the I, run. Some people yeah, do. No, yeah. no, I need I need socks. Well, that's interesting because I, I was wondering how that, that works. So you put on socks and your so you have everything there, almost like a drop bag. Yes. With all the things that you need mm-hmm. next to your bike so that you can get to it easily. I do. I've got it, I've got it lined up for transition one, transition two. So my first transition's up front and my second transition's in back. So I have it strategically placed so that when I get to the bike, I have a checklist, a mental checklist, but I also give myself like a physical checklist just so that I don't miss anything. Now, do they allow anybody to be there to help you? No. No. So no no crew, you're Mm -hmm. on your own. And you grab your nutrition, hop on the bike. And then for your run, when you get to that transition, what what does that look like? What do you have? You keep on obviously the same outfit. Yep. I simply just take off my bike helmet. And then I throw and I take off my cleats and I put on my running shoes. And what running shoes do you like? I use Brooks. Brooks, those work mm-hmm. for you. Those and this work is for road me. running, so, mm-hmm. so okay, that's that's great. And do you have any issues with blisters or anything no. like that? No, nope, I don't. I don't. And I actually um, wear features socks just because mm-hmm. they have the lip that comes over the back for to protect your heel. Right. So that way I'm not worried about it falling down or having to think about it where it could potentially cause a Mm -hmm. blister. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to wear these socks so I know that that doesn't happen. That way I'm not thinking about it in the back of my head. I'm free of worry. And then you just carry the one water bottle. I chose, yes, because they are so good about having your aid stations placed at every single mile. 
Oh, every single mile. Every single mile they have an aid station. It, it They are so well prepared. It's not even funny. It, I mean, you've got all kinds of nutrition. They have about three or four tables of nutrition and then drinks past that at every aid station. So that you've got food, you've got sodium, you've got drinks. I mean, they have Coke, they have Red Bull, they have water, they have Gatorade. And I was like, Coke? Really? Who serves Coke? But they said apparently people who do long races, mm-hmm. if they eat too many goos, they can get that belly, the goo right. belly, where things just get really upset. And then just like that shot of Coke will help digest it. I was like, Yeah, we, we have that, that at pretty much any ultra races, Coke and ginger ale. Yeah. And and I think it just helps. Well, well caffeine too, just that shot mm-hmm. of caffeine, but also I think it does help settle the stomach. So it's it's interesting that they, they have that at, yeah. at yours too. So for the bike, do they have that many aid stations or or just for the run? No. So the bike, I believe there was two aid stations. It's only every 15 miles. Mm-hmm. So you hit, or was it? No. Was it 15 miles every 15 miles or was it every 30 miles? Oh, gosh. I think there was one at 15 and then one at 30 and then one again at 45 on your way back. So there are, there are two actual stations, but you come around to a big circle. So there's one at 15, then one at 30, but the one at 45 is the one for 15 when you're coming in. So it was a loop that you did kind of, or an out and back. Almost. Yeah, it was out and back. So you start in Tennessee, you go down to Georgia, and then you come back oh, up into what? Tennessee. <laughs> go to a different state. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of yeah. neat. And what food do they have at these aid stations? There were pretzels, bananas, oranges, um, extra goose, um, fig newtons. Okay. Some kind <laughs> of like bar mm-hmm. for you. I mean, they had lots of stuff. And for the bike, when you're going through an aid station on a bike, do you get off the bike or do you, do they have water bottles that they hand so you? So they're holding out full water bottles or full Gatorade bottles so that you don't have to get off of the bike. You can just grab it and go if you want to. So, so you, there are some people who stop because they don't feel quite comfortable enough at sure. like grabbing it while they're on the bike. And then some people who just grab it and go. And what do you do? What do you prefer? Um, I grabbed it in the first go around, but then I stopped because I was like, well, I have to use the bathroom. Yeah. And this is, I was wearing a borrowed kit and I didn't want to have to go to the bathroom in somebody's, somebody else's kit. Right. So, so, uh, so how- I got off and went to the porta potty right after I grabbed the Gatorade. <laughs> so normally, okay. So I, I haven't really thought about that because you're in this onesie, I guess mm-hmm. you would say. Mm-hmm. And... So would you is triathlon world? Do you normally just go in your kit, or do you, especially as a woman, you have to strip off everything <laughs> to go to the bathroom? Yeah. So what? I mean, do you normally just go in your kit when you're on the bike? Is that normal? It, it is normal. It's, normal. it's more normal than you would realize. Yes, some people choose not to do it, but a lot of people do. Especially if you're going for time and you're really trying to be yeah, a you're really time, racing. You're really racing. You're going in your kit. So they do have porta potties along they the do. course, mm-hmm. so that you can fully undress. Yep. Because so you weren't comfortable because it was somebody else's <laughs> somebody kid. Else's You're like, kid. I am not peeing like in I someone can't else's pee in kid. It. Right. <laughs> okay. So what if what about in a situation where it's the other? You know, it's number two. Like, oh, I mean, well, have I guess you? I didn't think about that. Ever had any stomach issues to where you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? 
I, I have not had that issue myself Praise personally. <laughs> Praise the Lord, yes. <laughs> Hopefully I never will. Right. Um, but yeah, I guess you, you're going you're gonna to have to stop at that point. Right. And hide if yeah. there's no porta potty. <laughs> I mean, I did see there were people who like couldn't make it to a porta potty and you could see them like pull off the side of the road and like try to go back and into run. the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so you see it happening, but, but I didn't have to have that Fortunately, you didn't have yes, that problem. Right. But I guess that would slow you down of going, okay, I, I can't just go. Right. But see, now I'm going to look at this all differently when I'm watching these races. I'm like, I wonder if they're peeing right now. <laughs> in, in if you kit. see somebody standing, they might be peeing. Okay. Some people will pee sitting down, but a lot of people, well, they'll take then, a break to like, And then you just in. have that like on you when you're I know, running. Right? I'm like, how do you? Because I asked a coach of mine, one of the other coaches, I was like, I don't want to smell like urine exactly. when I'm running because then that's all I'm going to think about. He's like, oh, no, no, you take your water bottle and you, you squeeze just, it on you and you just wash, wash it yourself. <laughs> so a water bottle bidet basically exactly. is what yeah. it becomes. Exactly. I mean, that makes sense. And so, yeah, I mean, you're going to smell anyway, right? Right. Yeah. You're going to stink one way or the other, you're, I guess. You're, you're working out really hard. Yeah. Okay. This is all, this is very enlightening to me. So, <laughs> let's start from the beginning of the race because we've, we've heard a few little snippets. How did you feel like the night before? Did you sleep good? What time did the race start? I did sleep really well the night before. We actually That's had really a good. team dinner the night before. So that was great. So what what is this team? Because you said team kits. What team yeah. are you on? Um, it's called E3 Tri Tribe. Um, and E3 they're based Tri-Tri. out of Kingsport, Tennessee. And when I hired my coach, I did not realizing or realize at the time I was actually joining a team, which actually worked out great. Oh. Because Jeff didn't wind up doing the Iron Man with me. Jeff. I know, Jeff. <laughs> so, but yeah, we, we tease him. He was very apologetic about it. <laughs> but it wound, it wound up working out great because I forgot how much I missed being a part of a team. Mm-hmm. Having that team camaraderie, having the encouragement, somebody there, just the support system. And man, did they support me. They walked me through because this was the first like real triathlon sure. I had done. Um, and they walked me through every step of the way. And the team dinner the night before, they just, we had such a good time laughing together and telling stories. And, you know, one guy was like, oh, September, the full Ironman here. I, I had to leave. I had to quit. I couldn't make it over the mm-hmm. finish line. So we're, we're listening to stories about people who did make it, people who didn't make it, who, you know, had to be pulled out of the race. And it gave me a lot to process and think about. Sure. And then uh, How many people great. are part of this team? Um, we had... I want to say 14 competitors that race. And then we had extra support that didn't race, but we had 14 competitors. Okay. Teammates that ran. And when you say support, are they are they allowed to support you during the run at all? I mean, are you allowed to see your crew at all? Um you do, you are. If you're part of a team, uh-huh. then they're able to do like their own tent and then they can have they have stuff set up. They can't nobody can take or hand you anything gotcha. on the race. It's illegal. You can't receive support or aid other than the aid, aid stations, stations that mm-hmm. are there. Uh, they are there just to encourage you, to cheer for you. They can set up along different sections of like the run course or the ride course, and they can cheer you on and things like that. But other than that, no physical aid can happen. Now, does that go? He did go. And were you were mm-hmm. you able to? Was he able to go on to the course at all? And he see yeah, and- he actually surprised me at about. 30-some miles into the bike course, he and Jeff were out there, and they forgot stuff to make a sign. 
And so they had a Sharpie in the car and Jeff wrote on Zach's chest and stomach, <laughs> like a homemade sign. There you so go. I look up and I was like, that guy looks like my husband. And I got closer. I'm like, that is my husband. <laughs> and on his body, he'd written, go baby, with a big exclamation point. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that kind of boost you. It did. It really did. It was exactly what I needed right at that time. Because, you know, you're like, it was like, I want to say 32 miles into the 56 miles. Mm-hmm. And it just gave me that extra boost. Just like, I can do this. Right. I'm almost there. I'm more than halfway. It gave me that boost that I needed. It's amazing how much family and friends, just a, seeing them for a brief moment can yeah. completely change your race, you know, and just give you that boost that you need. And it's it's awesome when you can have that out there. So and where, where were your kids? Were they at home? Or? They were at home. They had finals they had to go through. We had to be there Friday for a race pickup mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. And they had finals on Friday and then they had finals again on Monday. And we, were, oh, gosh, we weren't okay. coming home until Monday. Sure. So they unfortunately had to miss this one, but... Yeah, so they were at home. Okay, well, Lisek was there, so that's yeah, good. Okay, so I keep interrupting you, but no, the you slept good, mm-hmm. and what time did the race start the next day? The race starts, so the, I think the pros got kicked off, oh, I want to say, I can't remember if it's 6 or 6.30. So there were certain waves. Mm-hmm, the pros people. go first, mm-hmm. and then they start you in waves, like right after the pros go and on back. But we were up, I want to say, I was at transition close to 5. It was like 4.45 in the morning mm. because you're allowed – transition opens, I want to say, at like 4.30, um, from 4.30 to 5.30. And you can get there. You can do all of your stuff. Like I put my goose, my gel packs, my hydration. Um, I brought my running shoes, my cleats with me back that day. I had my bike pump so I could check my tires before the race started. And that's when you get everything set and ready. Like you drop your bike off the night before – but nothing else. So you'll come back the day, the morning of the race, early morning, and that's when I get everything set up. And do you go ahead and put it in those transition transition places, or do mm-hmm. you give it to to somebody to? No, nope, you that? walk into transition yourself, and you can't have anybody with you that is not actually in the race. Hmm. So my coach was doing it with me too. So she's like, "Look, if I need to walk over there with my bike pump or whatever, if you need help, I can come on over there." So but that's only that. because she was a fellow racer, uh, not support. Okay. So. But yeah, I went in there. I had a game plan. Like I knew a little bit of transition now that I had done the two sprints. Mm-hmm. And then she had walked me through a full transition the night before. So when I dropped off my bike, she's like, this is what you're going to do, A to Z. And then we walked to the end where the bike course was. So I knew transition where to go out and then coming back in. because And that was really key because coming back in, like when where I set my bike for my bike drop, there was only like two more racks behind mine. But when you come up from the backside, there's like six more racks because it tapers. Because you're so it's in a different so had location. I, right. So had I not walked it beforehand to realize where I was, I would have been lost on race day, race I, morning. I would assume that probably happens to people. So, of where did I put my stuff? Mm-hmm. So it was key. I knew the bike. I knew the bike rack, the the row. They labeled the row for me. So I was like, holy cow, because I was in my mind, okay, I've got to walk to where the third back from the backside. Sure. Because that's where my bike is. And she's like, no, 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 you're right here. You're so coming I was only in actually like, place. yeah, I was only actually like five racks in. I was like, oh, I'm so glad we walked this. Mm-hmm. So now I know. So when you did when you do the 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 bike, it it does that kind of like you said, a, a loop and comes back to the same place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Right. I'm I know there are ones, at least I think there are, where the transitions are really far apart where you would bike, maybe it's a 
just one way and then drop the bike off and then you have your running stuff. But I don't know. Maybe it's always a loop or an out and back. I don't know how this, that works. But I've only done the one right. half iron. <laughs> so and it was it was know. in and out in the same area. I'm sure there are some that are set up differently. But this one this was, one was, was all that set up. one. That's great. Yeah. You got to walk through it. So you started when, do you think? When did they, did they blow a whistle for you to go? So they actually did. They did some kind of like whistle horn type thing where the, the pros went off. They went off. And then from there, they have it set up to how fast do you think you're going to swim your time? So like if you're going to be in the the 25 to 30 minute category, you're here. And then from, it just progressed through Back. there, like it built up in the time. And then um, two of the racers, and myself, so two of my teammates were like, well, we want to get started faster, sure. so we're going to walk up here. So I went up there with them, and then I had my coach and some other teammates shortly behind me, not far behind me. And do they signal the waves um, so they a certain do distance apart? Four, four people at a time, five seconds apart. Four people at a time? Four people at a time, okay. yep. So there's four people across the front of the pier, and then you jump off all at the same time. Then five seconds later, somebody else is behind you. Five seconds later, another group goes in. It's quick. It's a quick turnover. That is quick. Mm -hmm. So had no fears going in of, of the water. Yeah. I mean, that was not my big concern. The bike was. The bike I was. thought the swim, I was like, I've got this. This is going to be great. And walk, walk me through <laughs> what did happen. You jumped in. Do you dive in or you jump in? So you actually have to go in feet first. You can't dive in head first. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I had a new wetsuit on. Mine tore like a week before actual race. Mm -hmm. So I contacted the company I got it from. They quickly turned over a new one for me because I was like, I have to have this for race day. And so they were really good about getting me a brand new wetsuit. So I had not broken in this wetsuit. Unfortunately, that's the only bad problem with it. It was quite tight because I hadn't broken it in. I had just finished my caffeine like three minutes before I jumped in the water. Uh -huh. My nerves got to me. So like already, anytime I compete or anytime I race, whatever it is, I have nerves and like, I'm just like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to pour out my nerves into competition. This totally took me by surprise. So by the time I was ready, like I started my watch, I'm crouched down, ready to jump in the water. I start my timer. As soon as he says go, I jump in the water. I get like maybe six strokes, seven strokes in and somebody hits the back of my legs. And I thought I had manifested this enough to where like it wasn't going to be a problem, but I panicked. You did. And I've never had an anxiety attack or a panic attack in my entire life. But I felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like the the wetsuit was so restrictive and I was already having a hard time breathing and it was already elevated because of the caffeine and the nerves. And I thought, oh no. <laughs> did you stop? Well, I, well, I'm like doggy paddling and I'm trying to like with my right hand, like undo the back of my wetsuit just to oh, give me, down a little right, bit. just to give me a little extra breathing room. And in my mind, I'm like, the people on the side are going to think I'm I'm drowning. They're right. going to take me out of this race. This race is going to end before it even began. <laughs> After six strokes in. Right. And so I'm like, oh, Lord, please, no, 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 no. And so I got the back of my wetsuit loosened enough to where I could breathe. Okay. I start freestyling again. I'm having trouble again. I'm still panicked. So I flip over on my back, and I'm backstroking. And I'm thinking, all these people are going to think she doesn't know how to swim. What <laughs> is she doing in this race? And right. I'm like, I know I'm going to look like an idiot, but I can't, I can't free stroke right now. I, I've got to backstroke. So I'm backstroking 
And I'm just praying the whole time, like, God, I just started. I trained so hard. I can't get out of this now. Like, I literally just started. I've worked too hard to get here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like literally backstroking and praying. And I flip over, and there's another guy next to me backstroking. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not the only one. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I start free stroking. And when I look over to breathe, here comes my coach next to me. Oh, nice. And it was just like, it's like, okay, I can do this. And so what lasted, I thought, in my head an eternity, it was probably like five, six minutes mm-hmm. of, all, of all this, maybe a little bit longer. I, I don't really know. Right. I just know I was just like, oh, this is horrible. And my oldest son, um, Colton, he was like, Mom, just promise me one thing. When you go to do this race this weekend, just have fun. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Make sure you're having fun. And I remember thinking when I was flipping over from my back to start free stroking, and again, I looked at the side of the land because I was I was trying to eye, make sure I was staying straight. And I was like, you know what? I'm not having fun. I'm not having fun right now. This is not what I anticipated for this. God, help me to have fun. Mm. And it's like I calmed down, and I was able to swim the rest of the way without the problem, for just free-stroking. But I had to take sooner, like quicker breaths. So I was breathing. So you're still having every, a little harder right, time. Breathing. Right. I was breathing. I trained every three strokes. So like opposite sides every time where I had to breathe the same side every time, like every other stroke, every other stroke. I just couldn't get my breath calmed down. So I was like, okay, apparently I have to breathe every other stroke instead of every third stroke now. Fine. Mm. I'll do that. Whatever okay. works. So I started doing that. And then, um, two of my friends who are actually, Keeping track of me because you can live track your friends on uh, while they're doing the race. Oh, nice! And so they're texting Zach, and Zach's like, "She's all smiles," and I was like, "I was all smiles because I thought, thank you, Lord, land." <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I've I made it. it through the swim. Right. Like, I can I take off this it. dumb wetsuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So, is there any? Is it. You said it's early in the mornings. So, mm-hmm. is it dark? It's just now light out. By the time they start the pros, the sun is just starting to come up. So you don't have to worry about, it's really dark outside. I was like, mm-hmm. you can't wear a headlamp. <laughs> yeah. You are wearing a headlamp in you transition are. when you get everything okay. set up in the morning. Of so course. from transition to like the swim start, you'll want a headlamp. And then who takes that from you? Um, you can have a drop bag at swim. So you can leave Whatever any you need. excess clothes, mm-hmm. flip-flops, headlamp, oh, that's whatever. Because you don't want to just walk around barefoot right. everywhere. Yep. Or they have a pile off to the side just before you get to the pier. Like if you wore like cheap throwaway flip flops. Throw yep. That makes they sense. They have a, se- a section for you to do that too. Now, in terms of someone hitting you on the legs, and did that happen anymore? Are you. It did. Because I'm it a, happened you're a couple so more close times. And mm-hmm. it's hard to. I would think it'd be very difficult to stay straight. I think that would be my issue. I feel like I would veer off. <laughs> oh, and you, you do some. I mean, right. you're, you're, you're siding. But there's only so much straight you can do, right? right. Because the course kind of curves. And so you're going to have to curve with the course. And there's only, like I said, there's only so much siding and there's only so much room that you have between right. people you're, you're going to hit. I mean, but the the good thing was like, thank the Lord after like I got everything settled, calmed down, prayed about it. It was calm, started my swim stroke again. People still hit me. Sure. But I was at a mental place where it was okay, it didn't bother me anymore. It was like, I'm fine. I lasted through the last one. I'm going to last through this one. It's all right. It's all right. I'm going to make it. So you finally got to the end, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming you just kind of run up on a beach type you know, they, of thing, like they a They have bank. like steps for you to steps. get out of the water, mm-hmm. and then they create like this path for you, and you have to like 
a little area for you to run up to where like the wetsuit strippers are. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where you got stripped. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and did you have any trouble finding your bike? Um, no, I knew right where it was. Exactly Luckily, where... my bike drop was right where the swim entrance comes into. Perfect. Like when you transition from swim to bike, mm-hmm. my bike was like right there. As soon as you come around the corner, bam, there's my bike. So I was in a really good spot. And, and how did you feel once you jumped on the bike? Good. I was ready for it because I had resolved myself coming out of the swim when I looked over to the, the bank and saw... And I, when I was sighting, and I said, I remembered my son was like, just promise me you're going to have fun with this. And I'm like, I'm not having fun. I realized after that point, I'm going to have fun no for the what. rest of this race, mm-hmm. no matter what. So when I hopped on my bike, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be a little Miss Sunshine to everybody I come across on the bike. I'm going to do something to help them have a good race. That's and so every time I pass somebody or somebody passed me, it was like, hey, what a beautiful day. What a happy, great, you know, happy race day or have a great time. You know, you're killing it. You're crushing it. Good job. You're doing awesome, whatever. And everybody lit up. Sure. They were really thankful for it. You know, you have some of the guys who were like serious racers and they didn't say anything back, right. but they'd do this number. They'd just give, <laughs> they'd you, a give you a thumbs up. up. <laughs> they'd give you a thumbs up, like pass me by. Like, but I'm sure okay. that was encouraging to them too. And it, I hope so. Everybody needs that, I think. Yeah. And just like supporters along a running race, mm-hmm. you know, when they're saying things to you, yeah. it doesn't matter if you know them or not. It still is encouraging to Right. You. It gives and, you that boost, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So why did you have, why was the biking portion one that you were worried about the most? Bike maintenance and bike failure. Oh, that makes sense. I was really concerned about that because you're going, you're going out down into Georgia, the hillside countryside of Georgia, all the way back up into Tennessee again. And they only have so many bike maintenance um, trucks. So, like, you find you have to find somebody if you have an issue or if something breaks down, and they'll have to radio it in. But then you could be like 15 on the list before they get to you. So you've either got to walk with a broken bike mm. or try to figure out the problem yourself, whatever it is. So it's these vehicles that are following behind the race, mm-hmm. and then they have to stop. At, I mean, they could fly past you because they have to go to number eight on the list before they can come back and get you. And how do they how do they know you're having an issue? You have to find somebody Just along find the course mm-hmm, who can radio it in, and they've got people you know stopped here and there, or at, like if you're crossing the street and there's a police officer, or there's um, always volunteers you there too. Them. For right, you tell them, and they can radio it in for you. Do you but, yeah. carry things with you that will um, that where you can repair the bike on your own? You do, yeah. You have um, like a spare tube. You have mm-hmm. um, like a mini toolkit. Things like that. I pra- I was actually so paranoid about having to change a tire, like if my tire sure. popped. So I practiced that very regularly before the race because I was like, I don't want to get in there, blow no. a tire, and then have to wait on somebody to come fix it. It can be so much faster if I do it myself. Right. So I actually learned how to do it. I had the guys at the bike shop. I was like, walk me, walk me through this. Mm-hmm. Br- Pretend it's like biking 101 for dummies. Like, I don't know anything. Show me what I need to do. How do I make this quick? What are the tips, tricks, anything you can show me? And so they did. They took a lot of time with me. They were really great. Showed me everything I needed to know. I went home, and I would practice it over and over. And I'd time myself to see how quick I can get it done. Very smart. I mean, you would think everybody would do that. But, well, and it's just going to help you if you're out on a bike ride by yourself (laughs) anyway. So what was the... um, I guess you'd say elevation gain. Was it, was it a, was there a lot of climbing? No. No, it was pretty flat. Well, 
there, there's, there's climbing, but there's, okay, to put it in perspective, there was a guy on the run course who's like, give me a fist bump if you think Alexander's Hill was a joke. And it was like, well, yeah, if I'm used to riding around Western North Carolina here. And so some of the elevation that my friends take me on, I feel like I'm going to die. Like, right. I'm not, I'm like, if I stop now, I'm never going to get back on the bike and get, because the elevation gain here is so much more, the steepness of the climbs is so much more, which I'm now really grateful for that they took me on and they trained me on those because it really got me mm -hmm. ready for the Chattanooga race. Um, but there's, I mean, there's elevation gain, but there's not, like not if you're much. used to riding around Western North Carolina, it's not much of an elevation gain compared to here. So people coming from Florida were dying. Oh, but, yes. Yes. You, and my coach got me ready for that. She's like, when you go around this hill to go up the, like the one mountain that they have, she's like, you're going to want to stay the left-hand side because people who don't know how to ride hills are going to fall off on the, on the right-hand side. They're going to fall off like flies. Like they're, you're just going to see people constantly falling because they don't know how to gear right. Or they don't know how to ride the steepness of the grade. And so they're going to get off and they're going to walk it up the hill. And so when I came around the corner, like I was ready for the route. So like I knew when this mountain was coming up and I go around the corner. I call it a mountain. I knew when this hill was coming up. <laughs> and so I go around the corner and sure enough, here are people falling off like flies on the right-hand side. So they were. Mm -hmm. Yep. And how, how many people are in the race? There were over 3,000 competitors in this oh, race. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. There's Where in the lot. world do they put all those bikes? It's a lot. That is a yeah, lot. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, you go to bike transition the night before, and you see a couple bikes here and there, but you come back for transition morning to set everything up, and it's like a sea of bikes. I, I, just, I was yeah. like, how do you – do you get to choose your own position, or do they assign no, you? No, they assign okay. it to you. So they're, you're assigned a number, and in bike transition, they're slots – and on the roads, they have the numbers taped up there, and you have to put your bike on that one. So I just I, happened to get lucky. Because yeah. uh, I would think it would be a battle mm -hmm. if they just let you free-for-all yeah. pick a pick a spot. Right. Because everybody would want to be near. The same spot, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is there any sort of disqualification? Um, I mean, you said about the support helping you. Obviously, mm -hmm. they can't separate aid stations. Is yeah. there anything else? Isn't there a point where you have to get or be on your bike um, is there, or the bike from the run? Mm -hmm. Okay. I thought you have there was. to have, it's a certain time cap from the last swim start. The last person who jumps into swim to start their race. There's like a time period from there to when you have to be through transition on the bike. And it's like, I want to say, I can't remember if it's four and a half to five and a half hours in, I want to say maybe closer to five. Because some people it takes like three anywhere from three to three and a half hours. So it's a time four. cut off. Mm -hmm. It's a time cut off. You have to make it through this transition, but it winds up being plenty of time for just just about everybody. Sure. I, I mean, mean, it's really rare that you find somebody who doesn't make it that transition cut off. Okay. I, I you see that sure more in the rules. run where they've they've made it through the bike, but then they just can't quite get to the run. But right, even then, it's down. not a whole lot of people. Who don't make that cutoff? And so the the you got through the the bike. The mm -hmm. only I guess issue was the whole bathroom issue where you had to <laughs> to stop to stop. And yeah, how far stop. how far into the bike were you at that point? Um, that was about thirty miles. That was the thirty mile mark because it was right before I saw Zach and Jeff. Yeah, so it was about thirty thirty mile mark in because they had it at fifteen and then thirty. And and were you on? 
your time goal? Did you have a time goal of going, I want to be at this point by this time? Mm-hmm. My uh, So my coach said, I want you to be able to do it in three and a half hours. And I did it in three and a half hours. That's but great. that was also with me getting off the bike, going to the bathroom, and then just kind of oh, great. So taking you... it leisurely, like just trying to be a little Miss Sunshine to right. everybody I passed, you know, just. So I, after that swim, I was like, you know what? I have I have time goals, but if they're going to push me to the point where I'm not having fun, I'm not going to worry about it. There you I'm going to do it for the experience and to cross that finish line. That's a great That's attitude. what I'm going to do. And how long did it take you to do the swim? It took me like 45 minutes. Is that, no, is that long? 43 minutes. It was long. It was and that's because of all of your, I mean, I, I don't <laughs> panic, have a clue how long panic, that normally takes. Um, I would hope, I was shooting for anywhere from like 38 to 40 minutes. Like I really wanted to be in that range. My coach actually had my timing from 40 to 45 minutes. So I still hit it in the time that she had laid out for me. But it was one of those things where it was just so frustrating because sure. like I could have done it better. Right. But, you know, you never know what's going to yeah. happen. And the fact that you've, you know, you've gone through that, you were able to get through it. It's like a low in in a run of, okay, I was able to get through that, learn from that. Yeah. And it's just, yes. you know, it helped you then change your attitude for the rest of the race. Mm-hmm. And if maybe if you hadn't had that, it would have come somewhere else. So who right. knows? Um, there was, you know, obviously there's a reason for everything. So yeah. Help give me perspective. And then in your next one, you won't have quite a tight. uh, Right. Hopefully it'll be a lot better. Right. You'll you'll be able to break it in a little bit more. So so then you're done with the bike. You slip into socks and shoes. Do you change Mm -hmm. your socks? You know, you keep the same socks on that you had on for the. I'm wondering if I did change my socks or not. I think I did change my socks in this one. Yeah, I had I had calf socks on and I went to shorter feature socks for the run. What was the weather like? hot it was hot it was hot the um you know it, obviously it wasn't hot during the swim because it's still sure. morning before the sun came up that or the sun was just coming up so that was good the first part of the bike was great because you had a tailwind so you're mm. actually going faster than you than you realize or anticipate on the first half of it and it's like just before i saw zach you know coming you're coming around doing the loop to come back um you come on the other side of that oh, so unfortunately you hit a huge headwind coming back and that was quite annoying that was that was you use a lot more energy fighting that headwind mm-hmm. trying to stay on pace coming back than you know obviously with the tailwind sure. that you got lucky to have on the way out and then you're just getting hotter because mm-hmm. you're working harder right so i actually switched socks thinking if my feet are so sweaty on the the run i don't want to cause like a blister or sure. something to happen i had a backup pair of socks i'm like i'm just going to go ahead and do it it's i'm going to have fun with this i want to make sure that everything is okay so i went ahead and i switched socks to the shorter sock for my run too are you dumping water on yourself i, I did. mean is that I how did. you stay i actually cool? had some water and i poured it on my head and um i had extra water on the at my transition area. And so I just, I was drinking some electrolytes and I've been drinking electrolytes the whole, the whole bike. And I've been eating my carbs and gels and everything, the whole bike also. So like, I was actually good. That on all food. went well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in transition, I slipped on, the only thing I had to do is take off my helmet, slip on the different socks and shoes. And then I grabbed a peanut butter jelly sandwich on my way out. <laughs> and ate it. I did. I ate it. <laughs> I think I would have a hard time with peanut butter and running just being able to get it down, mm-hmm. but yeah, I guess you had water to wash it down. Yep. But I had my Nathan bottle, so I, I was ready to go. And, and how did you feel on the run? I felt great. You did. I did. I felt really good. I was um, surprisingly shocked 
because my, you know, during practices, my anterior tibs would flare up if I had gone too hard on the bike mm -hmm. for the run. And I was like, how's this going to go? So I'm like, I'm going out of transition, getting ready to start my run. And I was like, Lord, help me not to cramp. <laughs> right. Sure. <laughs> Get me through this. So there were two big hills in the run. I already knew it from last year when I saw Jeff having been on the course. And then my coach was like, there are going to be two nasty hills. I want you to walk them. I was like, really? She's like, yes, I'll be walking them. I mm -hmm. want you to walk them. It's like, okay. And I guess she saw the look on my face. She's like, here's why. Because if you run up that hill, then you get to the top, you're not going to have the energy to can, like maintain a certain pace after you get to the top of the you crested the hill to mm -hmm. go for the, the flat course. I was like, okay. She's, I was like, that, that makes sense. She's like, you're going to burn yourself out on the hill. She's like, you walk. She's like, I don't care if you fast pace walk it, but don't run it. Get to the top and then run. That way you can run the, the rest of the duration of it. I was like, okay. Without getting zapped of your right, energy. Right, without getting zapped. And you did that. So I did that and it worked. It worked wonders. So there's really good two advice. big hills, and then it's pretty flat after that to the. Pretty, I mean, you have a little bit of up and down, but it's most mostly flat, and it's so hot. It is so <laughs> hot because a lot of it's on bridges. Oh, it was. Yeah, it seemed really hot to me. It was actually cooler this year than it was the previous year, but I think it only got to be like seventy-eight. Well, that's still hot when you're running. Yes, I mean, <laughs> and especially all that you've done. You just got off the bike and mm -hmm. trying to and. I'm assuming because you're not in the woods, <laughs> it's not no. like a trail race. So, right, right. So you're exposed too mm -hmm. to that to that sun. It's, the sun is just beating down on you, and you're Ugh. on pavement, and it's just hot, hot, hot. And there are a couple sections. There are like two sections of the race where you get a little bit of coverage, and it was, that was like yes. <laughs> did you stop at the at any of the aid stations, or do you just kind of grab and go? So my plan was I would run each mile to the aid station, grab a drink. So I was only walking for the table section, and then I'd run again. So, so you, I, I stopped to walk to grab my drink or whatever I needed at the aid station, walked those few steps, and then I was running again. Perfect. And that was my pattern until about six and a half-ish miles in. I got a sharp pain in my left ankle, and I thought, what is going on? It was on the top part of my ankle, the top part of my foot. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, no. Like, it hurt. Like, I knew something was wrong but I wasn't exactly sure what was wrong. And so I was like, I'm going to walk because I just heard the night before about one of my teammates experience where they had to leave the full Ironman because they just couldn't make it through that last part of the section of the run. <sighs> I was like, I don't want that to happen right. to me. I've come so, so far. far. I've overcome the swim. I got <laughs> right. through the bike. I'm into the run. I'm like halfway into the run now. I was like, this can't happen. So I stopped again, just prayed over my ankles. Like, I don't know what it is, Lord, but just help me to get past it so I can get onto the finish line. Like, that's all I want. I just want to cross that finish line. Mm -hmm. I don't care if I'm not as fast as I had hoped to be. I just I want just to complete want to it. Right. So I stopped. I walked for about four or five minutes. And then I started again, but I started up a little bit more slowly. So this time, I think that first mile after was like a 13-minute mile. Right. Like, it was slow, slow. going. Um, and then I still was your ankle still hurting. It hurt a little bit. It did. Um, it took it a while for me to get my endorphins back up to not really concentrate mm -hmm. on it anymore. And then I was able to make it the rest of the way. But there's this guy we I came up about. I want to say we're about two to three miles from the finish line. And there was this man who was in front of me. And I recognized him because he was in front of me a lot on the bike course, too. Mm -hmm. And I'm coming up on him pretty quick. And I'm like, don't stop now. 
I said, you've been in front of me this entire race. Don't let me pass you now. <laughs> you said that to I him? did. I was like, don't let me pass you now. We're, we're right around the corner from the finish. He's like, okay. And so he kept up with me. We ran together for a little bit. And then um, then he just kind of fell off. I'm like, you can do it. Just push. I was like, you're at that last minute mark. Let's He's just like, go. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fade. Yeah. So you, you ended up just going past him. So I did. I did. And I was like, and then when it got down to one mile, I was like, all right, I've got one mile left. All out sprint. So like, I'm oh. going for it wow okay so i was like i'm running fast maybe not an all-out sprint but it was it probably it felt was, like an all-out yeah sprint. it was quick i was like i could see it it's in front of me so I you got could my see eyes it. on it yeah had my eyes on it um and my coach is standing on the finish line over here because she had already finished and she's like let's go beth and she's uh. like filming me and like all the rest of my teammates are over there not all the rest of them but a lot of teammates are over there and like you can do it cheering me on and the people on the finish line there's people lined up on both sides of you they don't know you from adam but they are cheering you on they're like trying to give you high fives as uh. you're crossing the finish line awesome feeling it's just like it's the most amazing feeling like i just did this i accomplished this that's right what a huge accomplishment it was it was so fun it was so fun it's like painful but fun you (laughs) well you had i mean obviously it's painful but it's one of those i mean you you changed your mindset to i'm gonna listen to my son and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna have fun Mm -hmm. and and i think that made all the difference in your race and you probably made it more fun for a lot of people since you were a little miss. I hope. So I really hope that was the intent. That was the goal. Was like I, what would I want in this situation? It's a suffer fest for everybody. Sure. You know, everybody's out here suffering together. Mm-hmm. Why not try to have some fun with it? Why not try to make somebody's day, make it memorable for them? So total time. Mm-hmm. How long did this? It took me seven hours. Seven hours. Mm-hmm. That's that's a big race, yeah. right there. So, but you. Was that within the time goal that you wanted, or was it? Um, obviously, the, t- the swim wasn't what you wanted, right. but um, was that somewhere around where you thought you would finish? Mm-hmm. That's it was. Great. It was what I expected my first one to be. That's great. So, so you said expected my first one. So, what oh. is is there? Is there another one in your mind that you're thinking about doing? Um, I haven't signed up for another one yet. So Jeff actually asked me when I crossed the finish line. He's like, "Good job." So how about that fool in September? I was like, "Let me think about it." Mm, no, hard no. No, yeah, you don't ask somebody right when you finish. <laughs> that was a hard no for, it's like for it's me. The last but, thing I want to do right now is right. think about doing a full right. one. But I have learned in my forty-two years to never say no, like never give it a hard no, because then you wind up doing, doing it. it. Right. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. So um, I can't say no. I'd like to do another half. Will I ever do a full? It's up in the air. Sure. Part of me wants to. Part of me is like, eh. <laughs> but maybe doing another half at least first mm-hmm. and seeing. Yeah. Would you want to do the same one, or is there another one that you've looked at? Interestingly enough, I didn't want to do Chattanooga. I was only doing Chattanooga because that's where Jeff and Heather live, uh-huh. and Jeff's like, "Let's do it again. Let's do it here." And I was familiar with the race course because I had been there the year before to see him do it. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was comfortable. It's like, okay, at least I know what to expect there. But oddly enough, I wanted to do the one in Maine. Ooh, There's one in Maine. It's really pretty. Pretty. And a little bit more flat. Is it really? <laughs> so what what um, time of year is that one? That one, I want to say, is late summer. I want to say that one was in July, August, maybe? So maybe next summer? It could have been in September, too. There are so many I've been looking at since then. Yeah, yeah. They're all kind of running together for me now. So you said you have 
uh, injury now because of the race, you think? I do. So that sharp pain that was in my left ankle, um, I went running again a couple weeks after the Ironman with the Lori and Teresa. Mm-hmm. And we were doing speed drills. And I was about, we did it for about six miles total. And then we were going to do like two miles, like a cool down. And I got about a mile into it, and that foot just flared up again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, guys, I don't think I can finish. Like, you guys are going to have to do the last mile without me. And I walked back up to the car, and by, I mean, later on that day, like, everything was just swollen. It was hurting. Oh, um, it was swollen, too. Just a little bit, not mm-hmm. a whole lot. So I was like, well, maybe it'll pass. I don't know what this is. And then I didn't get it checked out again. I didn't get it checked out until yesterday. It was yesterday morning oh. I got my diagnosis finally. But it was last week I had done a workout. I ran three miles before, the, like, weightlifting. And then I did the weightlifting on top of it. And by that evening, my it was like a golf ball-sized goose egg on the inside Ooh. of my ankle. And the swelling had gone all the way up to my knee. So I was like, I think something's wrong. Wow, So yes. yesterday morning I had an appointment. I went and got it checked out at Emerge Ortho and then went to see my PT afterwards. And sure enough, I have a stress fracture in that ankle along with um, tendonitis, tendinopathy. Oh, my goodness gracious. So yeah. what do you do about that? I mean, what is the therapy from here on? Ankle stability, strengthening, basically no running for like three to four weeks. Okay. Is that sad? (laughs) Yes. I had three more races planned for this summer, and they're not going to happen now. Oh, what races did you you have planned? The Lazy Crazy, which was going to happen tomorrow. The Lake Logan um, Olympic. And then it's called K-Town, and it's um, over in Knoxville. Are these all triathlons? Mm Mm-hmm. So you are definitely a triathlete. That is your thing. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, You you obviously enjoy it. I'll still do road races. I'm actually signed up for the Disney Princess Half Marathon. I'm going to do all the races, the the 5K, the 10K, and then the half. Oh, is it all happen within the same weekend? In one weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, back to back. And when is that? That's in February. Okay, so you got to get better before February. Yep. I told my coach, I was like, hey, I cannot do the tries here, but I don't think I can get my money back for the Disney races. So can you help me get better? Whether you're walking it or what, you're (laughs) going to do it. i got to do it. And you've already signed up for all three of those? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the first, so by the time I signed up for the challenge, which is the 10K and the half marathon, the 5K was actually sold out because they go like this. Mm. So I was like, well, I wanted to do all three races that weekend. So that morning, I'm just going to wake up, even though I can't do like the actual Disney race. I can still do what's called a virtual race. So I'm going to race around the grounds for that three miles. Oh, so they just let you do that. Mm-hmm. that well, that's fun. So that way I'll still get all three races in one weekend because right. that was the goal. Maybe there'll be a spot that just happens to open, open up. up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Hope. I don't know if people <laughs> if that's even possible. But so I'm going to look forward to your ne- your full merit, full, full Iron Man at some point that yeah, you're going to do because mm-hmm. I feel like you're going to do it. But first, we got to get you better. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> and injury. Who's your physical therapist? Uh, his name is Dan Carmike. It's Breakthrough Performance. Okay, Dan Carmike. Yeah, I I don't know all of them. I know a few of them, so I'm just yeah. I'm just curious about that. So, um, in terms of advice that you would give someone that is maybe you know listening to this and going, gosh, that sounds like fun or um, you know, this wanting to do a challenge, I usually ask anybody that I'm talking to of, of advice that you would have for people out there that's looking to do something that maybe they feel like they can't do, but maybe it's something in their mind. But do you have any advice? Yes. I think one of the best things I ever did was hire a coach and who had been through the journey I was getting ready to go on because they had so much knowledge they were able to support me along the way, every step of the way. And that was that's another thing with 
with a triathlon, it's very much an individual-based sport. You're part of a team, but it's you're doing your training mostly. You're doing your training individually. Mm-hmm. That's not like a soccer team where I grew up on, where right. all of our games, all of our practices, everything was done together constantly. This one is very individual-based, um, and that can make it more daunting or challenging for people who want to start. They're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know anybody who right. does it, or I don't know anything about it. I, so I say, hire yourself a coach um, in some form of capacity, whether it's a swimming coach, a running coach, a biking coach, or a triathlon coach. Mm-hmm. Find somebody who's done the sport, ask them questions. And don't don't be afraid to ask somebody, hey, let me pick your brain. I heard you did a triathlon. Do you mind sitting down for like 30 minutes and just going over what that looks like, what all I need to do? How, how was it for you? Did you have fun? So asking people in your sphere Mm-hmm. If they've done it before, pick their brain, take them to coffee, whatever, and then finding a coach who's done it, who can walk you through all of it. Because it is intimidating at first. I had never done one before. I was super intimidated to do this. I can understand. Um, and luckily, I had a friend, Lori, who had done the, the little triathlon sprints, Lazy Crazy. Mm-hmm. And so she was my entry into it and then she connected me with Carissa Carissa became my coach and then Chris has done them all over the world fulls and halves so she has a bountiful of knowledge so I was able to just pick her brain and she was so kind she walked me through every single step no question was too big or too small too silly or too advanced well we'll make sure to put her information her contact information in the show notes so if anybody is looking for a coach they could at least reach out to her and Mm -hmm. see if she can take on any more athletes or if she's got other ones i'm sure that she would recommend if she's full but um i think that's i mean that's great advice especially for something that would be so unfamiliar and Mm -hmm. and and to at least get you through that first race because there are so i mean just listening to you there's so many aspects of a triathlon with the transitions alone mm-hmm. of if, if you don't know anything about it, I would think that would be that, that would be super intimidating to me of how do you even transition from from one sport to the other? Right. I think would be and how to train for that mm-hmm. because you're using all three and it, that blows my mind. So I'm amazed by you. And I think what you've done is awesome. And um, I hope that you're stress fracture gets better really Thanks. soon but I, I do appreciate you being on here and talking about a sport me. that I really don't know anything about so I appreciate that so thank you yeah thank you for having me it's been fun thank you for listening to facing vert if you have enjoyed this podcast please like follow and share with your friends you can also find us on instagram at facing vert if you'd like to reach out to me message me there I hope to see you at the top of the mountain.